Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening here today. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Reclaim Me. I'm your host, Madeline Heather. Reclaim Me is a true crime podcast told by those at the centre of those crimes, the victim survivors. The general public often hears stories of victim survivors through the lenses of perpetrators or the media, and we're changing that narrative here. These interviews are raw and honest, so a word of warning is necessary as discussion and topics may be triggering or distressing for some listeners, so please use your discretion. If you need help or support, please see the suggested resources in the show notes of this episode or contact your local crisis service. Hi fam and welcome back to another episode of Reclaim Me. This week we're going to jump straight back into part two with the wonderful Kelly Favreau. So if you haven't already listened to part one, please go back to part one, last week's episode, episode 79, and listen to that before you listen to this one as we do jump straight back in. Now I do have a couple of us before we dive into the rest of the conversation with Kelly today. So basically what I want you to do is go into the show notes for this episode or last week's episode. If you follow the top link, you'll be following the one for a Canadian citizen. If you follow the bottom link, it is for anybody other than that. Uh, We can all assist in very meaningful but small and tangible ways. So you can just hop in, send an email, all of the information is there and it's going to assist so much. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Imagine if just a thousand of the listeners of this week's episode were to stand up and make a change and do what we're asking to do here. Could you imagine being the governor of a certain area or being the parliamentarian of a certain area and having a thousand requests pop in for something? You're really going to help drive social and societal change. I've said it so many times on this podcast, but it's something that makes me feel like there's possibility with change. And that is that crime is a social construct. And we have a say in the way that we legislate crimes in our country, in our areas, in our local government cohorts. So it is so important that if this is something that you care about and as you listen to Kelly's story, it's going to come together exactly how she's gotten here, if it didn't already from last week's episode, but also the work that she's still continuing to do now. So please take the time to do that. It does help so much. Now, again, as well, if you want to support this podcast, please go to the show notes for this episode. You can follow the podcast on all of the social medias. You can also access the Survivor Support Network. But all I ask is that you give me something back in return, if it is at all possible, with the love I share to you all, to please go rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. It does honestly help so much. It gets this podcast charting. 
it helps people across the world find it. And especially if you leave a review and tell people what you like or what's interesting or what's different about this podcast, it's really going to draw people in so that we do get the listenership so that I can invest more time and more effort into giving you these wonderful stories. But enough from me. I think it's time that we go back to hearing a little bit from Kelly. So let's jump straight back in. So just just going back to some stats, because um, Canadian stats are kind of similar to uh, the Australian stats. You were saying it was about 14% of all report. Sorry, it's 14% of all reported cases actually go to the police. Is that is that what the I think it is? 14%, and this is from Kina Yoshida and Jennifer Robinson's book, um, 14% of people who have been sexually abused come forward. And that's an, a statistic that was based on Australia, America, and the UK. Um, so it's a direct quote from from that statistic from them. But yeah, what what do your stats look like? So Stats Canada, um, we're very behind in this, and I, I wish we had more updated stats. So the stats that I'm quoting are from uh, 2014. Um, so they they reckon that it's between five and ten percent of all sexual assaults that happen get reported. Of that 5 to 10% that gets reported, only 2% are proven false accusations. And I think it's really important to talk about like the, the proven false accusation part instead of charges dropped, charges withdrawn, or anything else like that. Because there seems to be a lot of confusion in Canada when, um, when charges are dropped or uh, if for whatever reason it never makes it to court. It, it, autom- it automatically people go to like, well, he must be innocent then. Because if they couldn't bring it to court, they couldn't bring it to court. It was like, well, no, like crowns aren't going to take to court cases. They don't think that they can win. And that's a really important thing to remember. And it's not that they don't believe the person in front of them. It's like they they know the laws against them. (laughs) Um, And and that's really sad, too. Um, What makes up the proven? What what defines proven in that statistic? Right. So like a proven false accusation would, would be um, uh, somebody going to the police and say, like, you know what, I made that whole thing up or, you know, it didn't actually happen like this or no, it was consensual. But it doesn't sound like it's um, uh, like a forced um, uh, conf- a confession. And I'm using bunny quotes here. Um, and I guess the best way to sort of explain the difference between a proven false accusation with a, with a redacted statement against, say, what's going on with the Hockey Canada stuff right now um, is with Hockey Canada, these these men that have gained gang raped women um, will film them, will film the women after the attack is done and they'll have her say, so that was consensual, right? That was consensual. That was consensual. And they'll they'll stuff the camera in her face and she'll be like, yeah, that, that was totally consensual. That was that was completely fine. I don't know why the, the camera's in my face. And then she goes to the police. She reports, no, this wasn't consensual. Well, see, we have this video here, you know, and it says that it was consensual. Like, no, no. So that's, that's a different false that's accusation. That's, that's coercion. coercion. That's, yeah, 100%. That's probably right? a very clear physical intimidation and coercion from somebody who's just been gang sexually assaulted by somebody who has a group of mm-hmm. men in front of them who are athletes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That is that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. make it make sense, really. I mean, yeah. Okay. I do want to touch on that because the false accusation statistic is something I'm also quite passionate about. And we've had this discussion as well. Um, mm. And I, I find it interesting as well because we can't 
that, that what you're talking about is not people who have been found guilty of perjury or for making a false accusation. They've not gone through a court process and determined that actually what they raised was false. It might make up a minute percent, maybe, but something percent of somebody who would ever do that. I don't have the statistics on that, but where somebody has withdrawn their statement as well and said, I was lying about that. I also don't believe that that just qualifies immediately as that. They could be under different types of intimidation. Coercive control is very insidious. It is very prevalent. It is something that people are not trained in. So you could have coercion going on. You could have somebody speaking to another victim survivor and they've heard their experiences and they've gone, you know what, not only is it not worth me going forward about it, I don't want them to come anywhere near me. So I'm just going to, I'm going to withdraw my statement. I'm going to say that I made it up so that they don't ask any questions. And then I'm just going to move on with my life. So yep. the false part of that is still not an accurate representation in my opinion. And I don't think that the 2% is an accurate representation in any way. I think that that is a, an assumption that people look at things through and a single view they don't look at things in more depth and they just try to gauge an, a situation on face value. I, I would completely agree to that. And I mean, the there's a lot of, um, again, like I'm going to go back to Twitter here just because it's a very toxic place. Um, there are men that hold on to that 2% of 5% and say, it's like, yeah, but like we got to watch out for this guy right here. It's like, well, flip the numbers around here for a second, right? Like if there's a 0.00000 chance that this dude is innocent we're not talking not guilty we're talking innocent flip that number around there's a 99.99999% chance that he actually fucking did it <laughs> like and that's something that we really really need to work on as as a society as we go forward as these movements happen um the let her speak campaign or, or let us speak campaign um you know that's that's a really important next step i think for what australia does what we do here in canada next and i hope to god there's something like this happening in the uk and america as well um there's there's got to be so many of us that are silenced yeah and i don't know what's like i think america's laws are so different and they vary so much state to state but they mm-hmm. seem to have access to records like that they've got access to the registry they've got access and i'm not saying that that's what we need to follow i'm saying like that their situation is very different i don't know if it is perjury if they i don't think it is because if they've been found guilty then i think that everything in most cases would be public knowledge and that the courts it would have to be specifically um relied on putting like you'd have to put a publication ban on it it would be an opt-in not an opt-out process and maybe that's what people want maybe it should be just flip the switch and say if you don't want to have a publication on it that you request a publication ban it has to be an opt-in process but yeah I mean it just if for people as well like you just said like on Twitter and stuff who who are these keyboard warriors who they've not invested any of their time into looking through the validity of people's statements. They've not invested any of their time most of the time into uh, the history of sexual assault or understanding women's disclosures or anything like that. They're these keyboard warriors who are uninformed and won't listen to anybody else's opinion. But even if there is a chance that somebody is making a false allegation and there is a chance, okay, even if there is a chance, in what world would not give them the right to come forward, to plead their case, to have every single person believe them the entire way through, only for them to be at the end found to be guilty of making it up? Like That could potentially be the case, that scenario happened. Why would we not go through the process of believing them up until a point where they're 
been found guilty of actually making it up. And even if that was to be the case, and I'll harp on this forever, did they make it up? Like, it's, I understand, but it's the same. And I know that people are going to get on me as soon as I post this, but <laughs> I just, I don't understand the reasoning behind saying we don't believe all survivors, or I don't understand why you wouldn't want a comprehensive investigation, analysis, court process to happen for every single person who has a sex offense raised against them. What are we doing by not addressing the potential cause that they've done it? Like, what are we doing? Like when people say stuff like that, I just don't understand their point. Some people make it up. Yeah, but what's your point? <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. so? so? So so we shouldn't hold anybody accountable? Is that your argument? Like, I don't understand what the point is. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that's the other thing as well is that, um, you know, my, 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 team, I guess you could call them a team out here. We've had this conversation before where, you know, we, we have the same mindset as you, like, we will always believe somebody who comes forward and somebody who says, listen, somebody hurt me. Can I tell you about it? Absolutely. You can tell me about it. Um, the, the, the thing that we sort of say amongst ourselves is I would, I would rather side with the potential of somebody of somebody being a liar, of somebody pot- potentially lying to me, then I would potentially side side with a rapist. <laughs> like I would rather side with somebody who might tell a fib over somebody who sexually assaults women. Uh, like a hundred percent every day of the week, any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, but as well, like it's not like when we say tell the fib and like it, to go through this process, and you know more than anybody how grueling it is to go to the police, to make statements, to give evidence, to be called into trial, to do this. It takes years. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes, it's traumatic in and of itself. It's not like you're sitting there getting all of this wonderful attention. You're being hounded. Your character's being assassinated. This is not a fun process to go through. So to even think that like people are just going through this for fun and for what's the other argument that people say um, on Twitter and stuff is, oh, they're making it up for money or they're making it up for fame. And it's just like, what what woman has come forward with these yeah. claims and made money and become famous like that? Nobody has name one. You can't name one. That's the thing. Like you can name all these guys that have been convicted of sexual Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein. Name one of their victims. I'll, but I'll, why? <laughs> yeah, anytime now. The, yeah, but these are like the people as well. Like Bill Cosby fucks me off more than anything because he's now going on a tour. So he is profiting off the fame that he has gotten from this. He is actively profiting from, he's going to write a book apparently about his wrongful conviction. No, you were let out because of a technicality. You weren't let out because you weren't not guilty. You Uh were let out because of a technicality and because the statute of limitations restricted many of his victims from coming forward at all. So you just, you look at it and you go, who really is profiting off this here? Because even here, we've had the Bruce Lerman trial. The case was um, not brought back. It was dismissed because it needed to be acquitted um, because of jury misconduct. They've decided not to go forward with it. Bruce Lerman, who was the accused in this case, has signed a $150,000 or $250,000 news limited fucking interview. The victim or the alleged victim in this case has been hounded and hounded and hounded for everything. And if even even if you were a victim and made money off sharing your story wider, brilliant. 
That money can go to helping other people because most of us who are victim survivors become advocates. It can assist with seeking medical Mm -hmm. help. It can assist with your psychological needs and everything moving forward. There's a victims of crime compensation process that you can go through as well. Like what's wrong with a victim of crime even making some money from it? If it can raise awareness, if they're doing the right thing by sharing their story, why was that a problem? And why isn't it a problem when the offender does it? Absolutely. And sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I just, no, that's what I mean. Like, I'm just, I just, it's just blank there. (laughs) It's, it's such a shame too. I mean, we, we had this really, um, we had a really famous case here in July with uh, Vancouver Canucks player, Jake Furtanen. Um, and when he was, oh gosh, he was, he was pretty young. I think he was like 20 and his, uh, victim was 18. Um, and he, 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 she was on the stand. She was on the stand for like three or four days. He had two hours on the stand, by the way, like that was a whole fucking mess to begin with. He did not break at all on the stand. She was an absolute rock star on the stand. Um, her name is under a publication ban, but in the press, um, uh, I believe she was referred to, um, I think she was just referred to as the complainant. Actually, I can't recall. Anyway, um, she, she was on the stand and, uh, getting drilled by the defense lawyer. And he's, and he starts saying, he's like, well, why didn't she just leave? And she's like, cause I was 18. I didn't know I could. Well, why didn't, why did you end up staying the night? Because I didn't know what to do. Well, why didn't you just go? Because I didn't have money for a cab. Well, why didn't you say you had a yeast infection? And I shit you not, that was one of the questions that the defense asked. And her response was, I didn't think I had to lie. I thought that maybe saying no was good enough. And (laughs) then the lawyer said something, and I can't remember if it was the same day or another day, but it was like, oh, well, like, why are you going after him in a civil suit? And she's like, because I didn't know that I could go after him criminally. And he's like, well, maybe you're just in it for the money or like phrase. I'm very much paraphrasing right now, but he's like, maybe you're just in it for the money. She's like, no amount of money he could ever pay me will undo what he did to me that night. And like that, that sent chills down my spine when, when she said that, because every single woman that I know There is not a dollar amount in the world that you could ever pay us to go through the court process again, to go through reporting again, to go through any of that shit again. My process got dragged out for like six years, man. Like that's, (laughs) that's a long time to be focused on like a two hour event of your life that he doesn't even think more than 10 seconds about, you know what I mean? There is no amount of money in the world that any woman would want. So, um, oh, and funny thing, just a weird little tie here. So Bill Cosby's insurance company had to pay all those women that he absolutely sexually assaulted, right? Um, Hockey Canada uh, had like a rainy day rape fund um, that also used the same insurance provider as Bill Cosby. Aon Insurance, it's like a rape insurance company at this point, as far as I'm concerned, because they covered all the major rape cases in um, North America. So <laughs> they they pay the victims of these crimes. Yep. And what do they pay them? Hush money? Do they pay them to not come? Like, what's the money associated with paying them? They're civil suits. They're just, they're just winning civil suits and they're insured. Right. Um, so it's... It's disgusting. It's just, it's absolutely disgusting. 
And the sports aspect as well is very difficult because, I mean, there's even a, a – I'm a massive AFL fan and there's a Collingwood football player who's been um, – his behaviour is just unacceptable. He's done it multiple times and he was um, alleged to have sexually assaulted somebody um, and he plays in the same team that we go for, that I go for, and it's just like it's making me reconsider – wanting to follow it at all because, you know, he was banned from the club. Now he's back, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't formally um, found guilty. And I know the background of all of that and everything, but people are so quick to defend a sports star and people, you know, and I know I'm going to get so much shit for this for raising Kobe Bryant. Everybody loves Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was charged, but was not found guilty of the rape of a woman. And now, People's responses to that, we don't have to talk about whether that was valid or not. That doesn't have to be a part of it. But what we do need to understand is people go, these people are famous, these people are good looking, these people have so much money, they don't need to sexually assault. And that's when you put it into that aspect, you're like, why do you think people do? People aren't doing this because they're um, incels. People aren't doing this because they don't have access to do that. People are doing this because they think that they're entitled to it because they want power and control, because they get off on hurting other people, because of all of these different things. And it could come from entitlement, you know, for a a hockey player or something to have somebody say no to them and them being like, do you know who I am? Do you know how, do you know, like that is an entitlement in which punishment they deem should be given to somebody who dares say no to them. So people need to reframe their thinking about this as well. Like why would somebody like Bill Cosby, why would somebody like these other famous people who have been found guilty of these sex offences, why would they do it? They don't need to. They're multimillionaires. They've got access to it. They wouldn't do that. You need to understand that that's not what this crime is about. If it was, Mm -hmm. then we would be looking at a very different situation than what most women experience in their day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it just, just to go back to what you said about, you know, it's like, well, you have, you have the looks, you have the money, like, why would you need to do this? Um, Jake for Tannen's um, uh, victim survivor, when she, she told her friends what happened um, and she, you know, she, she was honest about what happened. Like, she's like, this wasn't a good experience for me. Like this was absolutely sexual assault. And their response was, yeah, but you got to fuck a hockey player. Like, that's kind of a cool thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, this was not consensual. Like, you should not be cheering on your friend for this. Like, this is not what she wanted. But, like, it's horrible because you have both sides of that as well. So if you came forward and said, and I'm with you on Kobe Bryant, by the way. Um, but, like, if you came forward and said, like, listen, I was, I was the hotel maid. Like, I was the room service person that Kobe Bryant attacked. And my friend said to me, he's like, holy crap, you got to hook up with that guy? It's like, no, guys, come on. Like, you're be strong. Be my sister right now. Like, be a woman with me. Like, this is this is insane. Um, I mean, I think it's fair for I think it's fair to say that this can happen um to both the the victim and um, you know, the accused or the the convicted, that the reactions from people who are standing at this point, like it's it's kind of it's kind of depressing to to watch, right? Like you're 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 fanboying over somebody who wouldn't spit on you if you were on fire. Like why are you why are you defending this? Like you defend the person that you know. Yeah, and what's so hard about just respecting women? Like yeah. what's so <laughs> What's so difficult about just respecting consent? What's so where's the entitlement and the the you know this is a male entitlement thing and sexual violence is a male issue. And of course, men are violated too 
like LGBTQIA plus, they, thems, gays, everybody, everybody of every cohort of every race in every culture is sexually abused and has this problem. But it is primarily this issue where men have violence against women, where men don't believe that women deserve the rights. And you'll see that even in um, people defending Andrew Tate right now. Andrew Tate made his money from exploiting cam girls. That's why he has so much money. So when you think of that, you know, on a wider lens, how many people are consuming this for him to be making that much money off it? For that to be yep. such an industry, for him to be exploiting women, for people to know that he's exploiting them, for them to consume that anyway, and for that to be how he's made his wealth, you know, just even discussing it on that level, the prolificness of this, this is so pervasive in our communities and societies that the people who speak out against against being sexually abused are the minority, that the people who are against sexual assault and abuse are the minority. Like, think about that logically. That is such a fucked up thing to, to situate yourself in and to be in, where you are more likely, I'm more likely to post about my story online, if I was to post a video of me sharing my own story, there won't be many men who would repost it. There won't be many people that I know who will get in touch with me and say, thank you for sharing that. There's not somebody that would do that, but they would be the first people to defend somebody that is a sports star who's being accused. What fence do you want to sit on when, when you're sitting about, have I been a good person in this lifetime? Yeah. And it's 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 sad because it is about being a good person. It is about doing what's right. It is about, you know, being that supportive person when somebody does come to you and say, hey, this is my story. Um, the, the Andrew Tate stuff just, it it baffles me, man. It absolutely baffles me how anybody can be defending this guy right now too. Like, he abuses women like even like forget sexual assault for a second he you're absolutely right he exploits women he is making money off of other women just sitting there just being terrible wasn't there a video that he that there was of him smacking a a woman across the face yeah so he's not only done that that there's there's audio recordings of him admitting to raping somebody and people are still defending him It's this misogyny culture where people are like, you know what, let's go anti-feminist now because if the men all come and um, conglomerate together, we can overpower women and we can have a a state, a sovereign state and all of this. I've heard some horrible things of people even saying that what's going on in Afghanistan is people's, you know, maybe that they should start a new Taliban, that, you know, Andrew Tate would be the first person um, to lead the Taliban in the fight against um, fight for women's oppression. Um, Like I've heard some horrible things that have been said. I've seen disgusting things on Twitter. The pervasiveness of of this type of mindset, of this type of behaviour is absolutely terrifying. And there are people out there who celebrate and want to be seen as this. And it's the same case with, for for example, pedophiles. Um, Pedophiles are trying to fight for the right to be able to um, sexually abuse children. So there are people out there like the... Um, in in America, it's called. There's one association called NAMBLA, which is the yeah. North American Man Boy Love Association, which is just an absolutely just. And you know, the right wing are calling this a left wing movement. So, you've got, <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got conservative governments putting it into the mindsets of people that oh, NAMBLA, who is fighting to uh, allow themselves to have sex with children, they're trying to legalize that. 
they're saying that because of the LGBTQIA plus movement, this is just a further extension of that. And yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting there oh holding this just like this is not the, <laughs> we don't believe that here. Um, yeah, like the so, mental gymnastics you have to do to get to that conclusion. <laughs> yeah, just to say, um, yeah, I'm wearing a little rainbow uh, necktie <laughs> just for fun. Might as well. It looks cute. I look like a flight attendant. Um, <laughs> it does look really cute, actually. <laughs> so we don't, we just, we do not, obviously we don't believe that here. Um, but it is just this pervasiveness and it is just this, you know, people need to really have a cognizant thought. It It is a choice to not be political right now. It is an active choice to bury your head in the sand. Um, it is a, a misunderstanding to think that you can't make a difference. Um, it is an ill-informed practice to believe that your your inaction is not is being neutral. Choosing to do nothing, choosing to put your head in the sand, is choosing the side of the oppressor. Choosing to say nothing about what's going on with women's rights right now. Choosing to say nothing about the femicide rates. Choosing to say nothing about the fact that victims can't even actively name themselves or their offender because they got, they have the threat of jail even after they've been found guilty. Doing nothing about that isn't going to change it. Doing nothing about that is choosing to keep that in place. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny, you know, when I started the petition, um, I was worried that I was because you had to get at least 500 e or electronic signatures on the petition and at least 25 paper petitions. And I was worried. I was like, oh, my God, like, what if I'm totally out to lunch on this? Like, what if what if I'm what if I'm the, on the wrong side of history here? What if what if this is the case where, like, we shouldn't be naming ourselves? We shouldn't be identifying ourselves. Um, and then it was it was presented to me that, you know, um, there was a there was a neat little argument um, on one side. It was nobody wants to hear that you were raped. Nobody wants to hear that you were attacked. Nobody wants to hear any of that shit. That's sad. Nobody wants to talk about sad things. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The flip side to that is when you have the when you have the right coming on and they're they're usually the ones that are saying, like, you know, we don't want to hear about that. It's like, I thought you guys were, were for free speech, though. Like, I thought you guys were for <laughs> I thought you guys were for like totally allowing us mm. to express ourselves. Like and, and then and then you see the hamster get back in the wheel. And so it, it's been kind of nice. I've seen um, I've seen interesting people across uh a couple of different political parties here um, uh, in in Canada support this call for change on publication bans, which is really fun to watch. Um, the 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 people leading the charge on the petition right now are the New Democrats, so they're um, they're they're left of center. Um, the people that are calling for change um, with uh, with how. Uh, prosecutors are now trauma-informed and making trauma-informed decisions and calling for there to be a choice on the application of a publication ban, they're right of center. And it's weird because <laughs> you think women and choice, you don't think right of center. <laughs> Not at yeah. all, right? But um, they're they're actually leading the charge on this here in Canada. And it's kind because of... It's, yeah, that's, it's that's amazing. Yeah, it's a, like it's, it's a freedom of speech issue. You're right. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And that's the whole thing. So, I mean, anytime that, you know, I get into an argument on, on social media, it's like, yeah, nobody wants to hear about, you know, your shit, like just go to therapy, like anyone else, like, yeah, but it's free speech. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Let me sign your petition. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. That's the best. I love that. And it, but it is, it's flipping it back and it doesn't have to be a situation where we're talking about, and it's sad to say this, but we're, we're we're advocating for women's rights. It can be flipped and being like, it is actually a freedom of speech issue. And then they go, okay, well, my views on that are okay. The whole thing, it doesn't, it doesn't make the situation okay. But to push through something that needs to go through, you take your wins where you can get them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm more than confident that we're going to win this. So the the idea behind the next steps with uh, the changes to the publication ban laws in Canada. Um, the report came out in December. Right now we're attacking the Senate. If everything goes well, and sorry, I shouldn't say attacking the Senate because that sounds really bad given what happened. Oh, that's in January. Yeah, that's a January 6th. <laughs> Brazil, no. the states. Yeah, anyway. Um, but um, asking the Senate nicely to listen to us. Um, so Within it looks law. as though... Yeah, right. Eh? <laughs> um, it looks as though if everything goes well, it should be around the week of June 19th that this would receive royal assent and become law. So yeah. we we have a bit of a push ahead of us to try to keep this on as many minds as possible in, in Canada. And even for, um, you know, Canadians living in Australia and New Zealand and Tasmania, Canadian re- citizens and residents can sign this petition. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. If you're a resident or a citizen of Canada, you can sign this petition. You can help support what we're doing right now. Um, across, you know, I, I, I don't even think there's an age line. I think you have to be like 16 or older to sign. Like, 
that it's, it's so simple. It's so simple. It would help us call for change. It would help us, you know, echo what, you know, you and I have been talking about for the last hour. So like just the right to be, to, to, to be <laughs> like, you yeah. know, as, as women just to exist and to have people acknowledge that we exist. We've, we've gone through some shit, man. I mean, there's some survivors that just, they don't want to talk about it after. Cool. No problem. We support you. And then there's other survivors that want to get into advocacy work and let them let others know that they don't have to be scared. Um, yep. You know, there's, I, I work with, I work with this one woman, her, um, her name is Brenda Bailey and she's, um, she's a minister here uh, in British Columbia. And, you know, when I, when I started this question, I said to her, um, cause I, I know that she's a survivor as well. Um, and she's just been such a badass for women. Like all of her work in British Columbia has just been phenomenal. Like she started her own tech company. Like she was the first female owned tech company in British Columbia. Like she's hardcore. And I said to her right before I went to Ottawa to present, I was like, I'm doing this because you had the bravery to get up before I did. You know, like you, you broke glass ceilings so that I could keep going. And that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping that the next person who comes out to be the next Brenda or the next Kelly or the next anybody doesn't have to go through the same shit that we're going through. That We don't have to necessarily have podcasts about the awareness that we're doing because people will just be like, yeah, that's a normal thing. Like, this is, yeah. this is totally normal. Why are we still talking about this? I mean, I hope the conversations happen, but like, I, I want this to be part of a normal future. Like I have, I have a two and a half year old and I've got another one on the way, right? Like I really want to make sure that the world is good for them. I want to leave the world in a better place than what I came into it. I mean, as shitty as it is, and I hate thinking like this, I hate thinking like this as a mother, but there's a really good chance that my kids are going to get hurt the same way that I got hurt because every single woman has a story to tell. And my kids aren't going to be any, any different. And it's depressing to think that way, but I want to make sure that they at least have an easier time than you did, than I did, than my group did, <laughs> right? Yeah. And to protect them in any way that you can and to, to teach them in different ways than we were taught as well. And, you know, that prevention um, comes in so many different formats, but you're exactly right. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to pop in the show notes of this episode, um, a link so that everybody can sign who is a Canadian resident or citizen, wherever you are in the world, please take the time, make sure that you go on and sign that. Obviously, um, it is a very important thing to, to do. It only takes a few minutes to go on there. If somebody isn't a Canadian citizen or resident, um, and they want to show the support, how can they support you or how can we help um, create some groundswell and make sure that this doesn't get missed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're still in the process of launching our website, but we do have a letter um, online that people can email to the justice committee that heard us in October. Um, and the I'll give you the, the link as well, but it's tinyurl.com forward slash our voice, our choice, 2023. And when you pop that in, um, you'll get a three page document. The first page is just instructions on what to do. The second page is going to be the letter that you copy and paste into uh, a new email. The third page is all the email addresses that you just have to copy and paste into the two box. And it automatically goes to the prime minister of Canada, uh, Justin Trudeau, the attorney general of Canada, David Lametti, and the 14 people that sit on the justice committee, um, send this letter to these politicians, echo our call for change. Um, I mean, coming from anywhere in the world, I mean, if 
if people are writing in about it, they're, they're going to listen. They are elected officials. They do have to listen. Despite us thinking they don't, they do actually have to listen. Um, so it's tinyurl.com forward slash our voice, our choice, 2023. Beautiful. I'll pop that in the show notes for this episode as well. We'll make sure that we've got links to that. Um, we might be able to show a little video or something on exactly how to do it. If people have some issues with it, we can definitely help you. Um, and mm-hmm. it is important, like somebody, I, myself, I've worked in local and state government here in Australia. And anytime that you receive a communication, it creates a case. And the case is something that has to be followed up with comms and it has to be formally closed out. And that's to make sure that they're not missing any of these things. And it very much is the squeaky wheel. We need to make sure that we are raising this as much as we humanly can. And you actually have an opportunity now to assist with making change. And for for what? It costs you absolutely nothing. It takes five minutes. You can just chuck something in there and just show that. Imagine getting another 10,000 people sending in an email right now. Like that that would just be like, okay, well, we really can't ignore this. There's no way that they possibly can. <laughs> and that is that is an auditable record of things that are going on right now. Like that is a to make sure of that. It also is a Commonwealth country. So I would say to any Australians who's considering, you know, whether this is the right thing for them to do because they're not Canadian or they've never been to Canada or whatever that might sit. We all sit under the same monarch, whether we agree with that or not. That's one thing, but we do. And it it is, it means something, you know, anybody from anywhere, if you're an American listening to this, just take the time to do that. And it does potentially change so much because if you're thinking you're the one person you're going, Oh, will it make much of a difference? I'm only one person. Imagine how many other thousands of people are listening to this right now. And if you all have the same thought, then nobody does anything. But if you all actually just went through and did it, that's going to be a couple of thousand emails that goes through pretty quickly. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for promoting this and for putting this in your show notes. And yeah, I'm just echo what you're saying to, to, all, the, to all your listeners. Thank you for, for listening to our stories. Um, you know, there, this, this whole idea of being able to speak to somebody on the other side of the world doing a podcast, you know, at nine o'clock at night here in my pajamas, <laughs> um, you know, uh, this wasn't possible 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like this was not, this is not a thing. This is how much society is progressing, how, how good things can be. And so, yeah, please, please, please sign the petition, um, forward those emails off. Um, yeah, it would, it just anything you can do to help spread awareness. And of course, please believe survivors when they come forward. Absolutely. Um, I echo that sentiment. We see you, we hear you, we believe you. It's like I say on here all the time. Um, and that's, that's the, that's the honest truth. We do see you, we do hear you, we do believe you. Um, and that's why I love this community that we're building so much, this Reclaim Me community, the Survivor Support Network, everybody just, it's a safe space (laughs) and it's a family and we are supportive of each other here. And, you know, if that means that, you know, I send somebody some emails, if it means that I buy somebody some merch, if it means that I go and write a review on somebody's um, shop that they've got that I went to the other day, like I went to somebody's bakery the other day, I'm like writing like a little Google review. <laughs> like it's it's a community where yeah. we show up for each other and we don't do this enough in society. So I love this. So let's just get around each other more um, and continue to do the good work that we're all doing. Everybody listening here is obviously yes, at least some level advocate inclined, unless maybe <laughs> you're a, a defense attorney, maybe who's listening to this kind of wondering. Come at me. I know how to launch a GoFundMe. 
Don't sue me. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, we've said nothing wrong. Um, but yes, no, I, I want to say thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on, not only for sharing your story and the advocacy work that you do, but you're showing up for so many people. You're putting yourself in the firing line so that other people don't have to. You're, you know, you've got a life outside of this. You've got kids, as you've just said, you've you've got one on the way, you've got interests you've got hobbies you've got work you've got everything else that goes on in your life that is happening and you're you're doing this not only for yourself but for every other victim survivor and every other victim survivor in the future and i think that that's an incredible thing to be doing as hard and as much as you are um it is exhausting the burnout is real <laughs> it is infuriating um and it, you don't often get the rewards at the end of it you're just up against a brick wall and to hopefully have this moment where you can breach that wall and be able to celebrate that. Like, I'm so hopeful that we can just help you in any way possible to make sure that comes through. Thank you so much. Thank you for this platform and just keep, keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Just everything. I know that you've had a couple of Canadians on your show, so, you know, we're not all so bad, eh? (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said A. (laughs) That is so cute. I had had to drop at least one, at (laughs) least one. (laughs) Oh, that made my day. That is so sweet. And yeah, so we will, we can do a shout out to some of the Canadians who've been on. So we've got Alex Latha, who was on a while back. She's an incredible advocate, activist, and absolutely wonderful person. And then Anna DiBella, who was on not too long ago, um, and she was discussing the case of stealthing that she was going through court with that happened to her. Um, also an incredible woman. Um, she's just won like a business award because she started her own accounting firm. She's just an absolute badass. And I uh, just to, to connect yep. with her and to connect with you and to connect with Alex and, and every other um, person as well, who's come on here. I've left most conversations with brand new friends. And I think it's just, mm-hmm. I know if I come to Canada, I'm a, uh, I'm having some sleepovers. <laughs> we'll absolutely get you out skiing and we'll get you some poutine. We'll have to buy you a toque and a beaver tail and an Nanaimo bar, probably a hockey stick. <laughs> a beaver tail. What the hell is that? Like an actual beaver tail? You know what? Yeah. Let, I'm going to let your imagination just run with that. When you come out to Canada, I'll tell you what it's all about. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's- Okay. Okay. Full disclosure. It's not actually a beaver. I promise. It's chocolate. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm holding this pride flag and I'm thinking beaver. <laughs> Just I'm already being indoctrinated. I love that. Um, but no, I do we, love it. And <laughs> I love it. Yes, there there are a few, and I think it's sweet. We need. I need to get more Canadian listeners though, because obviously Australian listeners are the number one, then UK, then the states. Then I think it's Ireland and then Finland, weirdly. So I don't have anybody from Finland who's come on, but I get a breakdown of my statistics and what apps they're listening off. So the number one app is like Apple Podcasts. And then I think that's like 70% and then 30% on Spotify. And then Google Podcast. I mean, I'm not doing the maths right, obviously. Um, Google. And then you've got like your breakdown into the 1% for these different listening apps, like tune in and things like that. But then, um, yeah, it's pretty incredible that you get that breakdown. But Canada's not top five. So we need to change that. I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Don't worry. (laughs) 
I know a guy. <laughs> love this for you. Just love it for you. But thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on. And um, yeah, I'd love to have you back again to hear about how all of this is going. Um, and again, if we can support in any way additional to what we've already said, please just let me know. Um, I'll be doing posts. I'll be putting this on social media and we're really going to push as much as we possibly can to help you to get this through because it definitely is must needed. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I very much appreciate your time this morning, this afternoon. I don't know where you are right now. <laughs> this afternoon. Um, <laughs> I very much appreciate your time this afternoon. So thank you so, so much. My absolute pleasure. Um, and thank you so much for listening to Reclaim Me. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much, Callie, for coming on, for being so authentic, for being so honest, for being so vulnerable, and for sharing the trauma you've gone through and the walls that you've jumped over and the hurdles that you've gone through. And it's just amazing to be able to interview people who are doing so much in this space as well. And to be able to meet somebody from the other side of the world, like I've been able to do with Callie and so many other victim survivors who have come on this podcast still to this day, just blows my absolute mind. But thank you so much again, Callie. I will remind all of the listeners right now that if you want to get in touch with Kelly, if you want to support her in her advocacy, please go to the show notes for this episode. There you will find Kelly's email. You will find two specific links that you can go and support the advocacy that she is doing right now. Help make these changes and make them enacted. And it is so simple and easy to do. So please, I do implore you to go and do that. Um, but other than that, Thank you so much for listening to Reclaim Me. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you do need help or support, please reach out to those crisis services or suggested resources in the show notes for this episode. Have a look after yourself and make sure that you're doing and taking the time that you need to process the information or to process anything that may have come up that was triggering for you. Lastly, I do have one ask. Can you please take the time to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any platform that you listen to Reclaim Me on? This helps tremendously with me reaching additional people and making sure that we get the word out there that there is no shame or stigma that should be associated with being a victim of these crimes. If you could also share this podcast with somebody you may know, as you may not be a survivor yourself, but you sure as hell know one. Thank you again. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.